And MLM Rebel is a new breed of network marketer, smarter, truly independent, and free. MLM Rebels wage war against the soul-sucking corporate world and against network groups who would rather preserve doctrine than helping people get results. MLM Rebels recognize when the world changes and changes with it. MLM Rebels don't believe in duplicating things that no longer work and would rather work without a safety net than within the confines of one. MLM Rebels are only involved in opportunities that give everyone an equal playing field instead of a top-heavy one. We don't care about the sacred cows of MLM, we don't care about the industry, and we do not care about the way it's always been done. We care about people following their gut. We care about people being able to quit their jobs now. We care about people being with their family instead of their boss every day. We care about people being with their family instead of their team all day. We care about people living free. We believe a truly free networker has multiple streams of income. We believe a truly free networker's creativity isn't shackled by their company's contract. We believe a truly free network marketer actually knows how to market and that they run their business like a real business. MLM Rebels prioritize faith, family, business, sacrifice sacred cows, build their own empires, never rebel against each other, and change the world. MLM Rebels know they are not confined by doctrine, not stifled by the past, and know they are one business away. My name is Zach Spear, and welcome to MLM Rebels. Hey, what's up, everyone? Zach here. Hope you're having an awesome day. Oh, my goodness. I, wow, I almost dropped dropped the phone. Um, I'm driving right now. I just dropped off my sister at uh, the airport. Uh, she came in to see um, little Bellamy. And little Bellamy had his second month birthday yesterday. So uh, that was pretty cool. And I'm just driving now. I drank a little bit too much water and coffee. So I've got about a 30-minute drive. And I have to... I have to go to the bathroom, um, pee specifically, if you're wondering. But uh, I want to spend a few minutes with you guys before I uh, jumped on a call uh, on my way home. I'm going to talk to uh, one of our internal guys um, while I'm driving here. And um, yeah, first of all, if you are still lasting, which if you're listening to this, you are, through that intro, I commend you. That intro is a little... Uh, <laughs> A little long, as you probably know. It's cool, right? It's a cool intro. But um, when I first recorded it, I was just like, okay, I just need to get something out there. And um, I wrote that, and uh, I wrote that intro to be like red, like it's on a on a piece of paper, um, or like a screensaver or whatever. And I needed to actually shorten it for the intro for this podcast intro. I need to like you know remove a bunch of the the redundancies and stuff like that. And I just needed to get the intro out so I just recorded what I had written already and so it's kind of long <laughs> so um, I, at some point here I'm going to uh, either re-record that or if I can find that root file I'm going to cut it apart and uh, make it make it shorter because um, I think I can get that same message and there's a few things in there that I said that like I actually don't really mean <laughs> anymore um, so uh, so yeah anyway the intro yay okay that's not what you're here to talk about uh, you are here to talk about or to uh, hear about something that I'm thinking about with um, uh, with a recent just kind of things I'm just, you know, picking up on and stuff like that. So I've been, if you didn't know this, I grew up uh, skate, or I call it skating, um, skateboarding. So, um, you know, skaters call it skating, but people that don't skate call it skateboarding. Um, so uh, I grew up skateboarding. Um and skateboarding uh, competitively and, you know, obviously uh, participating in competitions and stuff like that. And 
and uh, that was kind of my sport, right? I didn't play, you know, I organized sports past middle school, um, got into skating, got into cars, and, and that kind of a thing. And, um, and recently, I have been trying to kind of pick it back up and stuff like that. And it's been, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, a few months ago, I was actually doing some flat ground skating um, just to kind of get the, get the feel again. And, um, and I was progressing pretty fast, not because I was getting, not because I was um, like getting better than I was, but because I was just kind of catching my old self and I was trying to catch my old self. And, and so I ended up jacking my ankle up really bad. And, um, and Ashley was like, you know, obviously, obviously it sucked, right? I could barely walk, could not walk actually. I was on crutches for a few weeks. And, um, Ashley was like, you know, thinking it was like a, a freak of nature, right? And it is, but I'm like, yo dude, like every time you go skating, you fall like at least once. Um, and then probably once a year you like do what I just did and you like literally break something or like severely sprain something or something like that. <laughs> She's like, well, that's not very comforting as <laughs> not a very comforting sport. Um, but, uh, so I did that and I'm, I'm pretty much healed up now, almost all the way. And, um, there is a, so like my kind of discipline of skating was like street skating, which means like stair sets and, you know, rail handrails, like the rails that you put your hands on when you walk down a stair set, like grinding those and, you know, doing, uh, stuff like that. All right. So that's probably the best way I can explain it in a audio version. That was kind of my main thing. And I could do, a lot of skate park stuff too, but not like vert. I wasn't like skating vert ramps, um, which is like the huge mungus half pipes. Like we could skate them, but like I wasn't competing on them or anything like that. Well, as I'm older, I'm 32 now. And I, you know, literally went out street skating and did it probably five times and freaking destroyed myself one of the times. And I was like, okay, well, I want to keep skating, but like, you know, that's not good. So I started getting into bowl skating, which is essentially skating like giant bowls, like pools, right? And, um, I had never done that before because growing up in Chicago, like there, what the skate scene was really not that good. Um, and so like the skate parks we had were like street, street parks, or you'd go to spots you shouldn't go like random people, stair sets and stuff and skate those. Um, and, but out here, California, like the skate scene is super strong. It's strong everywhere now, but it's always been strong here for the past 50 years. And so the parks here are incredible and they have huge bowls everywhere. It's awesome. And the nice thing about bowls is for the most part, they're a lot easier, in my opinion, um, on your body. Um, you know, you're not putting your, your ankles and stuff at risk as much. You can take way harder falls if you fall off a 12 foot bowl. Um, but you know, it's pretty rare and you generally wearing pads in a bowl and stuff like that. And so I was like, well, I need to pick up bowl skating, right? And um, so I started picking up bowl skating, uh, you know, a little bit ago. And and what's been really nice is, you know, like I'll see some people going in there. And, you know, in California, people will pick up skating at like 25 years old, like just because they want to do it, which is like totally not what I like. You know, people retire from skating at 25 years old. Out here, people are picking it up at 25. And I think it's really cool. But I saw a guy he's probably like 30 years old and I was talking to him about the skate park and he was like, you know, looking sort of awkward as he was rolling around the bowl and carving and stuff. And, and I'm like, just asked him like how long he was been skating. He was better than me in the bowl, by the way. So not, not like slamming him. He's better than me. 
And I was like, hey, how long have you been doing this? And he's like, well, about a year, but I, I can't do anything else. I can't like, I can't street skate at all. I can't ollie. I can't do any flip tricks, no grinds, can't out, nothing. Just only bowls. I'm like, oh, when did you, when did you start skating? He's like, oh, like literally a year ago. I'm like, oh, okay. And it's just kind of crazy because like that was not, that was like literally like two more times. I went to the bowl two more times and like I was already kind of surpassing what he was doing. And it was just because, not because I'm better or a faster learner, but just because like I had been skating since I was 12, right? You just kind of get the, you feel, you know the feel of everything. And so you're just able to pick that up intuitively. And I was like, wow, it's pretty amazing, right? Not like patting myself on the back. I'm, trust me, like if I was in the top 20% of skaters in Chicagoland, I'm in the bottom 50% here in California. And that was at my best. Um, I'm clearly not at my best. So I'm like bottom 20% here. So there's no bragging at all. I just, it was just more of like a realization like, oh, wow, it's kind of crazy, right? Like, I, that's, there's no really lesson in that. I'm a, my lesson is coming. But um, I just thought that was interesting. Like, wow, the, uh, you know, because I put in so many reps when I was younger, like I'm progressing faster, I guess. Um, maybe there's a lesson in there. But either way, the bowl skating piece, that's what I want to get to because skating bowls, is all about like working the transitions so essentially when skateboarding was invented by the way if there's rain i'm sorry or there is rain sorry if you can hear that um uh when skating was first invented they called it sidewalk surfing essentially surfers would go out and they built boards skateboards so they could go ride in people's pools and essentially the whole idea was to like catch the wave right catch the transition so they weren't doing tricks and no one was doing errors nothing like that um it was just catching the waves and then of course it progressed into what it is today and so you when you're skating a bowl your whole thing is just working the transitions finding the lines and working with the bowl rather than against it if you go against it um number one you're going to work way too hard to get anywhere in the bowl and catch any speed get any air number two you're probably going to fall like really hard um because if you go if you're picking up a lot of speed and you're on this little freaking piece of wood with wheels attached to it you're picking up a lot of speed and you're going into a sideways shaped wall essentially because a bowl is a wall and you just you have a transition to get up and do it and if you take the wrong line basically if you fight the speed and you go the wrong way the, the board will essentially slide out or it will catch and send you flying. In snowboarding, it's called uh, grabbing an edge, um, or at least that's what we called it. Um, and so essentially, it just sends you flying. And in snowboarding, you fall in the snow. In skating in a bowl, you fall into a concrete bowl. So it sucks. Um, and as I was, I'm literally going to make a video ad about this. And as I was skating, I was like, oh my gosh, like how much time did I spend basically fighting the bowl in business, in network marketing, like fighting the transition, going the wrong way. You know, the bowl, the business, the world was trying to send me it one way and I was going another and I kept falling and kept slamming. And the only time I really started to make progress, like true, sustainable, actual progress was when I started flowing with the transition instead of going against it. And what I mean by that is building in a way that people actually wanted to buy into rather than convincing them that the old way was good, which is what network marketing does as a whole. You know, I mean, I talk to medium and top earners pretty consistently still. 
um, in other companies. And when I say still, I mean, uh, like now we have a sales organization that takes care of our sales, but um, I still talk with a lot of these top earners and I'm still amazed that they are so, they're so holding on to the past. It, they're holding on to building old school, building and building with the friends and family thing, um, you know, hitting people in Facebook groups, to making dumb posts online on Instagram and they're doing all this stuff. And like that, no one wants to do that. Like no one really wants to duplicate that. It's not fun. It's not sexy. It's, you know, uncomfortable for most people. And in network marketing, like I am one of the personality types that just says, suck it up, buttercup, like just do it. And I agree with that. Like, I think most people just got to do it, but, but you know, from a marketing perspective, it's the dumbest thing in the world to convince someone they need to do something they don't want to do. It's literally the dumbest way to do marketing. It's the biggest way to waste money on the planet. The way that we ran an agency and ran it well is that we would either find or develop products that someone already wanted. We just had to show them that they wanted it. That's it. Or they were already having a conversation in their own head and we were just entering that conversation in their head and giving them a product that would fit the problem that that conversation was creating in their head. That's it. And network marketing tries to, in most cases, tries to force, tries to force prospects to do something they don't want to do and use any means necessary to get them to do it, like guilt them or um, just take so much, like they tell it, like Upline tells the reps to take so much action that literally it's almost like, of course you're going to sponsor someone when you talk to 10,000 people, right? Just by sheer force of will and numbers, you will get it. But the reason network marketing blew up back in the day is not because that you had to force people to do it. It's because it was actually a sexy thing that people wanted to do. Today, the strategies are ridiculous, completely ridiculous. And that's why so many people don't want to do it. That's why they're going to stuff that's inferior, industries that are inferior, and they're choosing them instead because network marketers need to adapt. And they need to adapt like yesterday. Now, I know of a few people that they're not even building that much online, but they're at least changing the rhetoric. They're changing the explanation of what a network marketing is. And in my opinion, doing the industry a great service by doing that. So I've got a friend, um, uh, his name is, uh, well, I'm not going to tell you his name. I don't, I don't know if he wants his name out there. Um, anyway, he explains the industry or the opportunity to his prospects. He tells them what network marketing actually is. And he tells people what they actually have to do to make it. He says, this is, this is what is called a pipeline. He talks about a pipeline of, um, of any business. He says, any business has to generate a lead. Any business has to present, present to that lead, you know, have a presentation with that lead. Any business has to, um, follow up with that lead. Any business has to close that lead. And then every business has to serve that now customer. And that's exactly what we do in network marketing. And that's how he explains the business. And there's more to it, of course, but he explains in the way that it's actually done. He doesn't say the whole bull crap of, you know, just talk to five people and then you just got to sell them some stuff and then get them to do it. And then just it duplicates. Like that's not, that's not entirely true. It's not the way the business actually works. But this guy, he tells people like, Hey, you're going to need, you're going to need a leader in each leg to finish it out for you. And so to find a leader, you probably have to sponsor 30 to 40 people. 
at least to find one really, really good one that will finish a leg out. And then you do it by following this pipeline process. Now, that's something that I can get behind. Now, he does build online a little bit, but he also has built the majority of his business in, uh, in a more traditional sense. But I don't really care that if, if everyone in the world builds online or offline. That's not the point here because I'm, I'm not saying that funnels, online funnels will be the way that Rebels always built the business. If direct mail builds the business better in 10 years from now, we're going to be doing direct mail. What I appreciate about this guy I'm referencing, some of you may know him just by what I've said already, what I appreciate about him a lot is that he is doing the industry an amazing service by being honest with people from the very get-go on what they're going to be doing and why it's superior and what they've got to do to get it. And, um, and he communicates it incredibly well. I love that. And even if he doesn't ever want to build online, which he already, like I said, he's already building online, but even if he doesn't want to like go full blown, like public and like talk nothing about the internet or talk nothing but about the internet, even if he doesn't do that, I love what he's doing for the industry. And so whether or not you build online, offline, just number one, start being honest with your prospects about what the business actually takes. And if you don't know what it actually takes, do some research on what it actually takes. I've already shared with you some of the numbers. It takes 30 to 40 sponsorships personally to find one really, really good person that can finish a leg out with you. Number two, um, you have to generate leads, you know, and the, and you got to either work to generate those leads, you got to pay to generate those leads, one of the two. Um, And to kind of wrap things up, I'm going to kind of transition back into the transition analogy. Um, skate with the transitions. Trust me. That is one of the biggest reasons. I got asked yesterday, hey, what's our vision? Why do we keep pushing forward in Rebels? One of our biggest reasons is because I don't want people to go through what I went through for six years which was literally going against the grain, against the grain, against the grain, against the transition. Being in this business is already against the grain of the world. You don't need to make it harder on yourself. Make it easier on yourself. Get more results in less time. Go with the transition. Learn how to skate the bowl, look at the line, and adapt to it rather than trying to force an immovable, concrete bowl to adapt to you. It won't happen. And um, I can pretty much guarantee that your business is going to be less stressful and more exciting and hopefully more profitable. So anyway, with that, guys, we love you. We appreciate you big time. I am still really holding in this tinkle. Um, I've thought about stopping multiple times, but uh, I'm just going to kind of try to keep on trucking. And uh, with that, if you found value in this, scroll down to the bottom, leave a five-star rating, leave a review, and uh, we'll see you all in the next episode. Thanks.